It's the Brew Ha Ha Podcast with Steve Jackson and Mark Carpenter. All right, it is Brew Ha Ha. My good friend and the L.A. producer of uh, The Drive and Vicario Productions, Christopher DiMatteo's up from L.A. this week. He's been hanging with us. Good to see you, hairy boy. Uh, hello, Steve. So you, you started growing your hair before the pandemic. Yes, so and this is COVID, COVID hair plus one year. Holy crap. I've known you for years, and I've never seen... I mean, that, that is one hell of a like ponytail. This. I mean, that that's to the middle of your back. <laughs> and you told me you're going to keep growing it, and then... I'm going to cut it off and donate it to make a wig for a cancer patient somewhere. Beautiful. All right. Well, you're looking good, bro. Thank you. Haven't Sorry. seen you in, in quite a while. Yeah, um, you sent Mike and I uh, these spots, which are just adorable. <laughs> Does anyone remember Italian Swiss Colony? Yes. Most of our listeners probably do not. Yeah, I think they went away around, I think Dan Berger yesterday said they went away around 19, the late 1960s. Late 1960s. Now, didn't they have a deal up here? Weren't they kind of based in this area? They were Asti. based in Asti, yes. In Asti, yeah. In fact, yes, uh, what's his name? Was the mayor of Asti. Yes. Pat Paulson. Pat Paulson bought the space the space and and started doing his thing while he was running for president correct and, and of course working on the smothers brothers comedy hour and when they did hands across america he did has, hands across my asty yes he did <laughs> i did i worked with uh with pat paulson uh at the studio cafe uh, when we were closed he hired me to uh engineer and produce uh some of his raps that he was doing for his latest presidential campaign. <laughs> and I swear, I'll tell you what. We could sure use him today. It was six hours of the funniest stuff I've ever oh, that'd done. That would be great. Jackson, did that suck? No, you're, <laughs> you're fine, Paul. Keep going. Uh, his son is um, distilling and, and also making wine over on Treasure Island, Montgomery, Paulson. And he said he'd come on the show. He's been messaging me. Oh, I'd love to have him on. He messaged me, yeah. Terry Paulson is a long, dear friend of mine, uh, his daughter. And uh, anyway, so these spots ran on the radio in the 60s. Italian, Swiss, Connolly? Connolly? Colony. Colony wines. They're so bad, they're great. <laughs> let's the play. Ads are so bad. Let's. This is a radio ad from the '60s for Italian Swiss Colony. Who says you never can miss with Italian Swiss? Italian Swiss Colony wine. Who says it's aged in wood? Who makes it taste so good? As a low winemaker, me. Who makes it mellow and smooth? Oh, so smooth and fine. Italian Swiss Colony wine. Who takes the time to blend your favorite wine, my friend? That little winemaker, me. Who says you never can miss with Italian Swiss? That little winemaker, me. That stuff, that stuff was crap. <laughs> An advertising the wine, agency. The wine. Right. The, the wine was as bad as these spots. So go ahead, Mike. Let's do the Listen other to the trombone section this next week. Carlo Fabrini isn't working today. 
Neither is Marcello Parodi or Johann Stempel or any man in the valley who raises grapes for Italian Swiss colony wine. For today is their day at the state fair, a day for the growers to share honors with the vintners. Year after year, Italian Swiss colony wines have won more awards than any others at any price. The medals read Italian Swiss colony, but to the men of the valley, the Carlo Fabrini, the Marcello Parodis, and the Johann Stempels, these are their medals for the finest grapes grown in all of California. We need more commercials like that on no, the radio. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No. <laughs> uh, thank you, Chris. That's that's funny Quite stuff. Pleasure. Italian Swiss Colony wines. Why did they call it Swiss Colony? Apparently it was, it was a, a, a bunch a of Italians. Swiss person who provided the financial backing. And, oh, of course. Uh, then there were a, well, the rest of the people were Italian American, and that was up in Asti. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, Steve in Petaluma. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a section of Switzerland that is, speaks Italian. And those people consider themselves Swiss, not Italian. I had a neighbor who uh, I said to him, well, you're Italian. And he said, I am not. I'm Swiss. So yeah, I think yeah. that's uh, where they must have originated from. The radio wow. station where I used these spots in my show is based in that part of Switzerland in the Ticino. Oh, okay. Very good. So you're still doing a radio show that uh, runs around the world, but it's you're based in it's based in Swiss, Switzerland. It's on an internet station that's based in Switzerland. So being an internet station, it has a worldwide audience, potentially. But we do get listeners from all across Europe, South America, North America, and a few in Asia. And, and it's a jazz show? I do a jazz show on what is otherwise a rock and pop station. Really? Yeah. All right, very cool. So I'm playing jazz for people who are a rock audience who know of jazz but don't really know a lot of the actual music. And I get a lot of good reactions from the listeners. Very cool. Is it weekly? Yes. Okay. A little refrain should help me explain as a matter of fact. I like beer. Indeed. Uh, the great Tom T. Hall, one of my all-time heroes and one of the greatest singer-songwriters and, uh, more importantly, a storyteller in country music. In fact, his nickname was The Storyteller. He passed away about a week ago at 85. He wrote some amazing songs. So check out Tom T. Hall. All right, it is Brouhaha, brought to you by... The beverage people from Mentor's Warehouse. beverage people and... Russian River Brewing. Russian River... Uh, Brewing. Harry, Harry? Russian River Brewing Company. Uh, our guest today, uh, along with Mark Carpenter and her Linda, is Aniko Lettinen, and she is live in Helsinki. Anika. Aniko uh, Lettinen, she has the... Uh, she's the editor of the only... Uh, craft beer magazine in Finland. She's a beer sommelier. She also put together the um, the. Uh, she's one of the coordinators for the Finnish national beer uh, competition that I just judged, and also um, is an expert on you know flatties and beers. She is on Radio Helsinki as well, and uh, she also just wrote a book on. Finland with my friend Maria Marcus, who I judge with in Portugal, and it's about touring Finland f- for beer and travel and for sites. But at, but it's done by segment, so by by train, by bike, <laughs> by car, and by ferry. 
So it's all set. But of course, right now it's only in Finnish. So, <laughs> so I didn't bring the book with me. Does it have pictures? It does have okay. a lot of pictures. That's um, all Harry and I care about. Yep. <laughs> Mark Carpenter's here and her Linda. And uh, Christopher DiMatteo joining us too for this brouhaha. I'll turn it over to you guys while we uh, try to well, her get, Linda get in bro- touch with Helsinki. Her Linda brought us some uh, sati back from Finland, which is a very ancient type of beer made on farms mainly. And, and during the brewing process, it usually involves some uh, juniper boughs and maybe other plants. And so it's just a very old traditional beer. And the few times I've been in Finland, I've always liked to drink it um, just because it, it's, it's still being made, which I think is nice. Also, it's uh, traditional that people... Um, Eat a little uh, reindeer yep. jerky with it. I did, and so I brought some. Oh. <laughs> I brought some uh, jerky. You can pass around some reindeer jerky. I almost brought my. It's reindeer real. Jerky. It's actual kidding? reindeer jerky. I get it every year from Santa Claus, and I never ask where he gets his reindeer jerky. <laughs> Hand me a slice of Blitzen. Yeah, this is so. Um, this sati. So sati is the oldest beer style in the world, still being brewed. It's mostly home brewed. So the competition I judged was like home brewers by region from all over Finland, and they don't boil it, which I know that Mark can explain why that, what the difference with that would be. This one is pasteurized because it's a commercial one. This is from um, uh, Pekka, who uh, the man Pekka who saved the sati beer style and started doing this competition, which encouraged home brewers around Finland to keep the style going. So this one is pasteurized a little bit because so it can be sold commercially, and that's how I was able to bring it here because otherwise it goes bad really quickly, quickly, which Mark can explain that as well. So it's not carbonated, and when they pour the wort, they pour the wort over juniper branches. This one doesn't have any, any other um, flavors or accoutrements or herbs in it because when they do the competition, they're not allowed to do that. But, they, but I talked to them, and so did some of the other international judges, about allowing experimental because other parts of Finland do allow I mean regionally they've been doing birch branches uh, lingonberries sea buckthorn cloudberries which of course are really special in Finland as well so this but most Americans aren't used to like not being carbonated well I'm not used to the color Mark do you want to describe how it looks in the glass yeah it's um, actually it fit right in with today's modern craft brew because it's hazy (laughs) (laughs) it actually to me uh, uh, off the top of my head it's it's almost like a hazy steam beer Uh, but there's no foam because it's uh, not carbonated and in Finland they'll sell it in plastic uh, containers like milk containers that we have here you know because there's no carbonation and uh how would you describe the color? Well, amber, yeah, kind yeah. of a dark amber, mm-hmm. uh, almost almost to brown, but uh, I would say it's still amber. Mm-hmm. Um, my feeling about the the flavor, and and uh, you guys should describe what you think, but I think it reminds me of um, milds of England, where you, they're very low on hops, but you can taste a lot of malty mm-hmm. flavor. Mm-hmm. You can taste a lot of fruity flavors mm-hmm. from the fermentation. Um, and those, <coughs> pardon me. And that's the major flavor note to me. And mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a good beer. I've always enjoyed having it. And if um, if it were available here year round, I don't think I'd be buying a six pack every day. But <laughs> but I, I like its tradition, and I and I like its uh, it, it's being here. And no hops. So the juniper is what gives it that 
aroma, that herbal aroma, and it's got a little bit of that kind of um, hefeweizen-y, uh, banana-ish a nose, mm-hmm. and a little bit, not as much in the taste, but more in the nose. Oh, she, he's got her. Yay. So Aniko speaks Finnish, of course. You have to learn sweet, <laughs> Swedish in uh, Finland. Mm-hmm. She also speaks fluent Hungarian and English, and she's learning Estonian. Uh, Aniko, thank you for joining us at 3.30 in the morning in Helsinki. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and I'll turn it. I'll turn it over to Harry and uh, and Mark and Chris and uh, her Linda. As Steve said, welcome, Monica. We're glad we were able to to get connected there. And you are are you Thank in his, you. are you in Helsinki right now? Yes, I am in rainy Helsinki right now. She lives in the city of uh, actually like in like the heart on the well waters everywhere there of helsinki <laughs> in a really cool up-and-coming area there and then you're also the editor of the first uh craft beer magazine in finland as well and you'll pronounce that a lot better than i will yeah it's uh, called olut posti which means actually beer post in english and that's yeah that's the first and the only craft beer magazine in finland at that time i'm this time and um yes um, we just have our twentieth um, uh, celebration year, so we already had like twenty years of this beer post magazine in Finland. Although I've been just uh, editing it for last three years. Anika, where did your interest in beer originate? Well, actually, um, I studied in, the, in the, at the university. I studied political history and specialized in Second World War. But I needed a job on the side, and I started to work in bars. And <laughs> I got interested about alcohol in general. I <laughs> 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 about cocktails and wines. And then um, I got an opportunity to build a customer kind of a training system in the biggest Finnish um, brewery called Sinebrukov, which is actually part of Cosberg Finland, uh, Cosberg uh, Group. It's Cosberg Finland, but it's called Sinebrukov. Either way, I mean, that was the first time I got to know beer in like all levels, and I got fascinated because beer is, I mean, it tastes really good. I love beer, but also because of beer history and beer styles and everything. I mean, beer is everywhere because, for example, wine is an alcohol beverage that, I mean, there's, of, of course, there's wine with, there's grapes. But beer you can make everywhere. So, I mean, you have some kind of malt-based beverage in everywhere in the world. So it's really kind of a, everybody knows it. Everybody has their own stories about beer. So I, I think that's why beer is so fascinating. Aniko, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Pekka and the Laman Sati that we're drinking right now? And, and Kippis, that's how, we say, that's how you say cheers in Finland. So yes. I'm going to say Kippis to Kippis. my friends here. We're all drinking Laman Sati uh, right now. <laughs> um, and then oh, Kitos so cool. is thank you for being on. Kitos is thank you in Finnish. Um, <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit? So Mark should meet Pekka. When he comes back yes. to Finland, and he should also meet Sati Kaisa. Well, now I know how to get there. I'll I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> and Annika, when he comes, we'll have you show him around. So you know Mark Carpenter. He was with Anchor for uh, 45 years, mm-hmm. but he's also been in Finland several times. And um, really, uh, when I was going, he says you. He's like you. 
really have to go. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful country. Uh, uh, my wife and I have been there a few times for really just short stays, but we kind of try to start a trip or end a trip in Finland because it's just um, such a nice place. And, uh, uh, and I love sitting on the esplanade there in, <coughs> in Helsinki and just watching mm-hmm. the world go by. And then uh, we took the ferry boat over to the island of Åland. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh-huh. anyway, it's a great place. Annika, what would it you is, like an American audience to know about Finnish beer? Well, actually, uh, Finnish beer is much more complex than people think it is. Because, I mean, a lot of times people think that we have a lot of lagers, but we have a lot of other beer types as well. And actually, um, we have only 5.6 million inhabitants, was, was, but we have um, like uh, 120 uh like breweries and most of them are really local small microbreweries so beer is really local in Finland and of course we have Sahti which is a I mean one of the only historical beer types with within Lambic and Sahti is something that it's been done the same with the same method I mean at least 1000 years I mean probably even older but it's and it's really kind of a cool that it's it's uh, even in Finland it used to be kind of a, a you know a traditional boring beer style that only <laughs> countryside people drunk but now it is something that I mean microbreweries are really excited about it we have a lot of modern interpretations about sahti so it's kind of a growing again to become kind of a Finnish style of beer. Can you tell the, um, everybody about Pekka also that mm-hmm. saved the Sati style because he was instrumental in like showing me yes. you know, yeah. So I mean we have for example the oldest Sati uh, produ- pro- I, w- I would say Sati brewery it's um, it's in Lammi and it's um, established by Pekka Kääriäinen who was interested about Sati when he was 14 and he kind of uh, saw that the uh, he was living in the countryside, and the, in the next uh, house they were making sahti. And Pekka got really interested about it and started to kind of uh, go there and help when he was 14. And after studying in the if after studying at the university, Pekka went back and made his master thesis about Sahti, which was really rare, because that, that was in the uh, early 80s. And then uh, he started to uh, make Sahti, and that was really something new in the 80s that he kind of brought back the Sahti to life. And, um, <clears throat> and, yeah, then, the comp- and, and then the competition... Un- also, yes. that I just judged. And then, yeah, and then they started a competition about who's the Sahti master in Finland. And the comp- competition used to be really small, but now it's growing and growing. And I mean, Herlinda was the was here this year, and I mean, as you saw, it's, there was like a lot of young people competing as well. So it's not just like traditional old beer style. It's really alive and kicking now. 
So, I mean, a lot of young people are interested about sati. A lot of home-brewing people are interested yeah, about sati. Yeah, I, th- I think that's so important. I really like it because as we travel the world, we go there to see new things. And, um, you know, so much of the beer of the world, and even in the competition in Finland, is all all beer styles that, that were developed here in America now. And, uh, uh, and so I think it's just really important to keep all these traditional styles and uh, around the world. So anybody who knows of a small style that seems to be going away, start it back up. <laughs> this is the first time that I have enjoyed this sati. 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 And I agree yeah. with Mark with what you said earlier, which is it's not something that I would you know buy a six-pack of and, and you know drink regularly. But as uh, a nice late night uh, dinner, a uh, uh, beverage after dinner, I really enjoy the flavor of this. And I, I really don't miss the carbonation. Oh, no, it's very wine like in yes, that regard. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or almost like a port like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you should really try it with like blue cheese because it's excellent. With We're blue having cheese. it with uh, Mark brought reindeer jerky. Oh, okay. It's that's delicious. Really nice it's pe- peppered reindeer <laughs> jerky. Um, yeah. And then the other thing um, I was going to tell, which Mark will get kicked, is Mark is, a, is quite the horseman. He raises horses. Aniko takes care of the horses for this old brewery family, and I got to go with her to go and feed the horses. Where's, where's the brewery from and, and again? Well, that's, uh, that's actually the, uh, the brewery is Sienbukov, uh, and it's, um, the brewery itself is not in Helsinki anymore, but it is the oldest Finnish brewery. It, uh, and um, they still have the brewery horses in the center of Helsinki. And the brewery horses are walking around in center of Helsinki every day, actually. Delivering the beer. Um, oh, not delivering beer anymore. They are doing PR. All right. But they still there. And yeah. <laughs> are they a Finnish breed so of horse, then? They are actually Danish horses. Ah. What are they called again? They they are uh, Yulland horses, and that's because the horse type is, it's a really big horse, and yes. it can carry a lot of beer. It so looks like Clydesdales, kind of, for Americans. Yeah. So, yes. Oh, that's great. And, uh, yeah, we still have brewery horses in Helsinki. And actually, if you are awake, like 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, you can see the horse guys, like, uh, like walking around with the horses, just, you know, just walking around so it's really cool that i mean you can hear them in the streets on the cobblestones the yeah <laughs> um and i was telling them also Aniko, about your book so if people come out to finland she's a great person to look up for things to do and places to go in finland her new book um that she did with uh, our friend maria marcus um, I can't say the name. I can say the Ullut part, but it is about Finland. And if I tell me if I'm correct, it's traveling Finland for for beer and sights by ferry, uh, uh, train, bike, and car. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. So we have. I mean, with my friend beer sommelier Maria Markus, we write beer books. We have two uh, already finished. The first one is beer uh, beer trip. Europe, but the second one is about Finland, and we did kind of a road maps already for for anybody who wants to travel. 
uh, and those roads that we have two with a car, one by metro, one by bike, uh, one by uh, ferry, and one by uh, train. So you have already the whole road trip planned, and you can take whatever I mean you want. And there's like breweries, restaurants, interesting arts kind of a things and and other interesting things that we we think that you should see in Finland. Well, so it's something we did last year. In six weeks, we traveled the whole Finland. It's which my is new a, Finland is a really favorite country. country. So it's a beautiful country. <laughs> the people are nice. It's it couldn't be it couldn't be friendlier. Uh, Clean. Yeah, it's equitable. Uh, just a, a a wonderful place to visit. I'd recommend it to anybody. I've always enjoyed my visits there. Well, Annika, we want to thank you for joining us at what is now 3.53 in the morning <laughs> from Helsinki, Finland. We hope you can get back to bed and get some sleep. Uh, we've been listening to Aniko Lettinen, a Helsinki-based journalist and beer expert, talking to us about Finnish beers. Thank you again, Aniko. You have a good morning. Kitas. Thank you. You too. Bye. Take care. Wrapping up the brouhaha brought to you by the fine folks at the Russian River Brewing Company and the Beverage People slash Fermenters Warehouse. Mark. Tell us about the Beverage People slash Fermenters Warehouse. The uh, Beverage People, it's an amazing place. If you're into home brewing or home wine making or home cheese. olive making or home cheese making, it's the place to be. And uh, they they do so much for you. You know, people very often when they start home brewing will do uh, syrups uh, rather than do whole grain. But if you want to start with whole grain, Beverage People make it real easy for you. They'll grind the grain. They'll set you on a path. So you can feel like you're a real brewer and you will be right from the start you know without having to invest in a in a mill to grind your grain and all the rest they also i think supply uh water uh, reverse osmosis you're right uh, water so you can then add whatever uh uh, like gypsum or whatever to adjust the ph but you can start out with neutral water and you knew byron birch that started yeah byron birch i knew byron because he was uh, Anchor Brewing Company used to give out a, a, <coughs> a Beer Club of the Year award, and Byron was uh, in the Sonoma Bureaucrats, and he was really uh, ran a, a great club uh, uh, and really got their organize, got them organized, and they won a lot of years with their beers, uh, the club beers. Uh, he was a good guy, and his wife was a, a, a wonderful woman who was also a winemaker and beer maker. So it's a great place. <coughs> Pardon me. It's a great place to do business. And they've changed things up a little bit. So you don't go in there as like a regular retail store anymore. You go online or you can call them to look for your supplies and things and ask them questions, which is nice. It's like you can still ask a human questions and um, everything from cheese. Like right now we're in cider, t- cider time. They Grapes. They do olives. Yes, our Italian here is all, yeah, Christy Matteo. He's talking about olives. So you can go online or you can call them, ask them questions, but it's not the same way of walking in but that means also they've expanded what you can get and they'll do recipes for you oh, and yeah. guide you all the way too yeah. and all these things all right their website is thebeveragepeople.com and how are things out at russian river brewing these days fantastic i was there with tara Nuren um having a lunch a couple days ago and planning her book tour so we'll be doing uh, one in um in uh november um go uh, 
be, you know, stay tuned for that. We'll have we'll have her doing a book signing at Russian River Windsor. And then actually, I was there two nights ago to have some beers with Gail and Steve, uh, Gail Williams and Steve Shapiro. And so they are open every day at the downtown Fourth Street. They're doing food at both of them. They're closed on, if I remember correctly, Tuesday and Wednesday at um, downtown or Monday and Tuesday. I mean, in Windsor, but they're open every day at Fourth Street. And there is food at both of them again. Yay. So we're happy about that. Um, just, you know, everybody be safe when you, and we can get up to the, you know, having festivals again. And Mascot. you can catch all their information on hours and locations and beers at RussianRiverBrewing.com. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts, Mark? Well, beer is a wonderful thing. It's uh, great to talk to uh, the, uh, the woman from Finland today and be reminded of the great beers uh, of Finland uh, and what a great country it was and, mm. uh, or is. And uh, it's just a, a path we should all stay on. Erlinda? I couldn't say it better than Mark Carpenter, but we both love to travel. And I, uh, I can't wait to get back to Finland again. It was like the first country that I viscerally did not want to leave because it was just so wonderful um and i'm you know the beer is there and the people there uh so i would highly recommend everybody get vaccinated mask up so we can travel again all right and i'll just toss in that i like the sati i think i'm gonna try another one of those